My name is Sarah, and I'm Anxious AF. Welcome back to the podcast. As you can gather from listening to the show, I'm anxious about many things. Shocking, I know. But I'm extremely anxious about sex. So I brought my friend Amanda onto the floor of the closet in my office to discuss sex, anxiety, and communication. Amanda got her undergrad and her master's degree in health communication, and now she's a sex educator in the Boston area. We talk about what makes people anxious about sex and how to bring those types of things up with your partner. We discuss consent and how she uses the hit Disney movie Frozen as a tool to teach that to her students. And we talk about what it means to identify as a demisexual and how that affects future relationships. I had a lot of fun talking to Amanda, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the show. Excited to have you. I'm excited to be here on the floor of a closet in the dark with you (laughs) recording this podcast. What a time. What a joyous experience. We're doing great. We're doing so good. Um, So Amanda is, um, I just, I want you to introduce yourself actually and just tell me like who you are and and what you do for a living. My name is Amanda. I um, went to college with Sarah. So we go, we go way back. Way back. Um, Now I work at a community health center in Boston and I do a lot of sexual health education there and I have a bunch of years of experience doing that kind of work. So Sarah asked me to be on the podcast and I'm really excited. This is really exciting. So yeah, I I brought Amanda on because I think uh, talking about uh, sex and talking about the anxiety that comes with sex is something that a lot of people I'm sure come to you about and I've heard a lot about it from doing this show just people like wanting to know how to feel less anxious when it comes to sex and when it comes to consent and STIs and pregnancy and and those kind of things so I think the question when I I started to kind of look to social media and sort of pose this question um about what makes you anxious about sex. And a lot of people are saying consent and having those conversations and like, cause it's not, people don't find it sexy to like, you know, have that conversation or even having like safe sex conversations. So how do you suggest that people talk about it? And what have you experienced in your own life and how have you taken that, you know? Yeah, the, that's a really common question too, especially we, we do teach some classes specifically on consent in my work and um I find a lot of the times that like the kids really get it like they understand that you're not supposed to do something if someone doesn't want to do it but they don't understand how to ask and they don't understand where um what words to use just how to like like you said how to make it sexy and it's hard it's hard sometimes we'll do like scenarios and we'll have we'll have students kind of parse out like what what a person should do in a certain scenario but it's really hard to get them to think in in terms of like oh well that's that's fine for the scenario but real life just isn't like that nobody talks like that nobody's going to do that um yeah my my idea I guess from is like from like movies and you don't really get people asking if they can kiss you or asking if they can touch you or, or however that works exactly yeah um and and we've started to see a little bit more of that um I've seen I've seen stories about um, I was reading this this blog for educators and this person who's an educator uh, wrote this blog post about um, watching the movie Young Frankenstein with some of her young kids 
And I don't remember the movie super well, but um, there was a scene where like one of the monsters was like chasing around somebody and chasing them like around the table or something like that. And in the scene, um, the um, like one of her kids, she told the story that's one of her kids said like, he can't do that. She said, no, she doesn't want to. Um, so we're kind of seeing the climate change a little bit where there's this greater understanding of consent sort of just in in the world and um, people are starting to see pieces of media from years ago as unacceptable or people's characters behaviors in media from years ago as as not okay Um, so definitely taking cues from movies there's definitely a lot of examples of what not to do out there Um, but I don't know if you're familiar with the hit movie Frozen I'm very familiar I've seen it multiple times (laughs) Great. Well, there's um there's a screenshot. Great movie, guys. <laughs> great, great movie. Um, sponsored by Frozen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> we um actually used a, a a screenshot from from the movie Frozen in a presentation on teaching consent to younger kids. Um, and it's when it's at the end of the movie. I forget who's who. I think it was Anna or whatever. The boy, whatever. I think the the good one, the not the not shitty boy, um, says something like. I'd like to kiss you, may I? Or something like that. And she says, you may. And that's just like super simple modeling of of what consent looks like for five-year-olds, right? Yeah, no, totally. Like, I think we're seeing, like you said, I think we're seeing it more now in in media. But I think if just asking someone before you do something, like, do you think it's that simple? Or like, especially when you're in the act of sex, uh, I guess the question is like, because people talk a lot about in the same in the same vein, like safe sex, and um like having the conversation about safety and and the conversation about you know what your hiv status is or your like sti status or anything like that like how do you suggest that people sort of open those conversations up and and how to sort of like make it part of the the experience yeah um well it's there's no real like one size fits all answer so it's not like this is the way you need to do this but the general kind of advice that I would give is to, first of all, to be clear about your own boundaries. So you can't really have this conversation with another person without knowing your own limits and boundaries to begin with. So in the same vein of like, you know, you can't can't love someone else unless you love yourself first. You need to know for yourself where your boundaries lie, what your limits are, what kind of risks you're willing to take. And that might take a little bit of research on your part. Think like, okay, what am I willing to do? What am I not willing to do? What is a deal breaker for me? What is something that my boundaries could shift depending on the situation? And and being clear about that for yourself before you even go into that conversation is going to make that conversation easier for you because then you're not faced with the decision or you're not faced with being swayed by someone else's charm or something like that um, when you're having that conversation and you're just like nope this is this is what I've decided for my health and my safety and um, and not being willing to back down on that um, a lot of people you know there's a lot of pressures in relationships and and a lot of people not necessarily um, are forced into doing anything that they don't want to do but but they will agree to things that they might later regret or um, think, well, if I don't do this, then they're just going to leave me and find someone else who will. Um, So for example, if, if someone decides for themselves, like I'm not comfortable with 
not using a condom with someone unless I've unless I know that we're exclusively having sex with each other and I know that we've both been tested. So having those having those boundaries for yourself is going to make it easier to have that conversation with another person and just say if if it comes up um no, like I'm not going to do this unless these criteria are met. Like you said sort of like in the moment, having that conversation out of the moment before things are sort of before you're faced with um you know, raging hormones or whatnot. <laughs> um, yeah, having that conversation of like, hey, just so you know, like this is this is a limit of mine. This is a boundary of mine. Like, you know, I I will still have sex with you, but we're going to use a condom unless unless we have this conversation about being exclusive, unless we have, you know, unless I know when the last time you've been tested is so I can be aware of the risk. What makes you anxious <laughs> now about sex? Now, um, well, I've definitely gotten a lot less anxious about sex, but um, a, a thing that was a really big hurdle for me to um, overcome was discovering that I identify as a demisexual person. So what is demisexual? Great question. Glad you asked. Um, so demisexual is on the asexual spectrum. So asexuality is uh, something where you can still have romantic feelings for a person, but you don't feel sexual attraction, right? Basically, yep. yep. So, but like everything, it's a spectrum. Correct. So there is sort of like, if you're thinking about traditional attraction, where um, you can like walk by someone on the street and think, damn, want to get with that person. I'm into that person. Um to the sort of asexual side of like not having any of those feelings toward anyone. Um, maybe feeling like you want close friendship, maybe feeling like you want a romantic relationship, but not really feeling like a sexual attraction to anyone. Demisexual is sort of on that spectrum in between those two, where for me, I feel like I need to have um, a pretty close, intimate um connection with someone in order to experience sexual attraction so I don't often experience sexual attraction to somebody without getting to know them a little bit better first so the sort of like meet someone out in a bar kind of thing take someone home like that kind of thing is just sort of off the table for me it's just not ever been something that has been appealing to me and I always used to have a lot of anxiety around that where you know, my friends would all talk about that kind of stuff and would, um, I don't know, kind of like ask me like, oh, what do you think about that guy over there? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't had a conversation with him yet. I can't tell you <laughs> what I think about him. Um, so discovering that about myself has definitely um, helped me figure out more about how my sexuality works and has made me less less anxious for sure about about sex in general. Yeah, I think that I was realizing that I think I'm that way too. I never knew there was like a term for it, but oh, I, there's a term. There's voila. lots of terms for like, everything. I realized that like I'm attracted to somebody that like I talk to them and get to know them and then I feel like attraction to them. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel like when I see someone walking down the street, I don't see, I don't feel anything. I don't like have a, like a lust type situation. Like it's like, you know, if I get to know you and I, and you seem like, we're we're meshing then I'm like oh I'm attracted to you now and that's mm -hmm. like where I've learned that comes from yeah and basically uh, 
pretty much everyone I've dated, I've been friends with first and like some for a really long time before before that attraction was there. I think that's my nervousness when it comes to being in a relationship with somebody and like finding that person. Like if I like uh, I was telling you, I went speed dating the other day Mm -hmm. and you have to get to know this person in five minutes. Yeah. And like I don't like for me, it's like I wasn't physically attracted to anybody like but like in the five minutes that I got to know people like there were some guys that I was like, okay, I I could see you like, okay, cool. But like there wasn't like I wouldn't have just like seen them and been like, okay, this guy is hot or whatever. I guess trying to sort all of that out and trying to be like, all right, what does this mean? Or like, am I supposed to feel something right now? I always felt like if I don't like on a date with somebody like getting to know them, if I don't feel something in that moment that it's not working. But some people keep telling me that, you know, going on the second date with them or giving them more chances to get to know them more, that attraction might happen that way. So I don't know. I'm still trying to figure all this out. Yeah, I mean, definitely if um, if it's hard to feel attraction right away with someone, then I can I can really see where that anxiety comes from, because there's a lot of pressure to be like, okay, well, you know, swipe left or right. And it's hard to it's hard to answer that question. (laughs) Yeah, you've talked a lot about the apps on the show. And it's it's a hard environment for a lot of people. And there are some people who really thrive with that kind of like on all the apps. But there are many more people who just don't. And they're sort of succumbing to it because how else do you meet people? And it's hard also because people are are sort of portraying themselves differently like not necessarily as themselves whereas if you get to know someone at work or through like some social organization that you're involved with or just a friend of a friend or something like that when you get to know someone when there's a little bit less pressure for for them to be putting on their like this is my dating persona it's a lot easier to get to know someone in that context so it's it's really hard when you are going on dates and everyone's kind of like putting on their dating persona and then how do you really how do you really know or get to know each other in that way? Yeah, and like how long does it take before they get their they let their guard down? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. how long can you keep that persona up before it just comes crumbling down and then you see like they're a sham of a human being. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean not necessarily or, that desperate, but like Or or you see that you like the person when the persona is down better. Yeah. That's that. But of course, because it's me and I'm anxious, I go straight to the negative because that's how we do things out here. Um, so what do you want people to take away from your episode? Well, obviously communication is very important. And I think really, like I said before, getting to, getting to know your your own boundaries for yourself is going to just make it a lot easier for you to communicate that to another person. Um, and then in terms of combating anxiety, just really like repeating the mantra of you don't owe anyone anything. Nope. Don't owe anyone anything. So a lot of, a lot of the anxiety I feel like comes from like, am I going to be good enough for this person? Is this person going to be okay with my boundaries? And the question really is if they're, if they're not okay with their boundaries, then, then are they good for you? And the answer should be no. So, um, as much as you are trying to impress other people or get other people to like you when you are in that dating world, you're really interviewing other people and making sure that they are, you know, a, a right, a right match right for fit. you. And, and we've talked about this before too. Um, 
but yeah, definitely, definitely making sure that your own boundaries are asserted for yourself and not being afraid of, of rejection because if somebody's rejecting you because they're not willing to respect your boundaries, then you don't need them. Throw what them do in you, the trash. Yeah. Toss them in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think are any good resources you think for people to use uh, in terms of, uh, you know, reading up about safe sex and consent? Are there any particular sources that you, uh, you use in your daily work or that you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'd really recommend Scarlet Teen. It is kind of geared towards teenagers, but they have a lot of really, really good medically accurate information. Um, and they have kind of stuff on everything. So facts, figures, sex, sexuality, consent, communication, all of that. Um, I I can probably think of some others that you can put in your fancy show notes. Yeah, um, I'll have resources listed in the description. Um, anything you want to promote? Any social media? I always ask this question. You're not really a social media person too much. No, I'm good. I'll I'll be elusive, but um, I guess if anyone does want to ask any other kinds of questions um i mean you can just email if you have questions for amanda um any sort of questions on what we've been talking about today if you want to talk about any questions related to sex uh you can email the show at anxiousafshow at gmail.com and uh i will relay the questions to amanda and maybe i'll have her back on or i can answer it uh in the intro of an episode or something along those lines so uh completely confidential all that stuff i won't share information but uh I answer yeah. those emails, so I will. <laughs> I can forward all your information over. We're we're a big fan of the anonymous questions box in sex ed class, so happy to answer any questions. Yeah, this is the yeah the HSAF email can be the uh, anonymous question box. Uh, so yeah, uh, Amanda, thank you for coming on the show. Sarah, thank you for having me. It's been an experience and a journey. Yeah. So for yeah, sure. always accidental queens today. It's, it's all good. <laughs> accident yeah i can tell that story too what a fun time <laughs> i accidentally sent both of us to to queens by getting on the wrong train it's fine yeah new york good. city we're i haven't good. lived here for, <laughs> i haven't lived here for a bunch of years or anything like that <laughs> it's fine uh anyway thank you again for coming on the show and uh hopefully we can have you back if people have more questions and uh i appreciate you thanks so much yeah thank you So that was my chat with Amanda. I put the links to the resources we discussed in the show in the notes for this episode. Like I mentioned, if you have any other questions for her about sex and anxiety, you can email us at anxiousafshow at gmail.com, and we can answer them in a future episode. You can also email us with episode ideas, guest suggestions, and stories of your own. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Anxious AF Show. And please subscribe to this show wherever you get podcasts if you haven't already and tell everyone in your entire life about it, even if they don't know what podcasts are. You can also listen to every episode of the show on our website, anxiousafshow.com. Music for this episode is by Garrett Rose. You can find his work at garrettrose.com. We're edited and mixed by Brian Castillo. And I'm Sarah Carlin. I host and produce this show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.